This episode of Tomorrow with Joshua Topolsky is brought to you by Nadex, binary options trading. Say you think the price of a global resource is going to go up. You can go to nadex.com and make a trade on that. You're not buying stock. You're trading on where you think the price will be by a certain time. Trade the most popular financial markets with thousands of short-term contracts listed daily. Go to nadex.com and get started trading binary options. That's nadex, N-A-D-E-X.com. Futures, options, and swaps trading involves risk and may not be appropriate for all investors. Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we're going to discuss SVT, drywall, and Miami Vice guitars. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. Try Squarespace at squarespace.com and enter offer code JOSHUA at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Did you do the music for the show? I did. Of course. I, what, I didn't wrong? even have to ask. I already asked him. It's what's good. Wrong? It's very good. Thank you. And it's very... I wasn't looking for your approval, but did thank you. you. It's very... But did it's, you, did you, you consciously... Go ahead. No. No, what were you going to say? What were, I wanted, What were you going to say? And then I want to hear it's very... Did you consciously... Take the um, police song. Do, do, do. Oh, I know what you're talking about walking on the moon. Yeah, I don't. I haven't heard that. Oh, I mean, that's that's an old. That was I did as a ringtone for my phone like five years ago. The music, the interstitial the music. music. The no, open, isn't that the, the interstitial thing? Is just the arpeggio. Yeah, but yeah. it has a bum bum bum. It's right. like a synth. In it. oh, it's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. a kind of John Carpenter. Yeah, it's a little bit like a, a Escape from New York creeping Good. creeping around the neighborhood. But you wrote the theme for this. The theme I wrote for yeah. this on on in a car on my way to the airport to go to London yeah. before the first episode. On your phone. On my uh, on my laptop in GarageBand. And what's weird about it is the synth line in it. Yeah. I actually didn't play it. I had something happen. Like I had the, the keyboard open, you know, that you can type, you can play with the keyboard. Yeah. And like it recorded that part, but I didn't play it. It just like I hit the keys or something and it just started looping that part. It's magic. Yeah, and it's I was like, "This music. is fucking amazing." It wrote itself. Uh, I don't. I'll do the intro afterwards. So we'll just do my guest today. Okay. Uh, my guests today are uh, two wonderful men who I know very well, mm. Jesse Cohen and my brother Eric M. Mm. Can I say your your real last name, Eric Topolsky? <laughs> they probably could figure that out. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, they have a band called Tan Lines. That's right. And uh, they're on the precipice. Of releasing a new record. That's right. Now, wait a second. Mm. Uh, when's your record, new record come out? Uh, it's coming out May 19th, and I appreciate you doing this at the top of the show. That's Jesse Cohen speaking. That's his voice. You'll be hearing from him. And Eric, do you want to say hello? What's up? <laughs> uh, May, May 19th. May 19th. So this is great. So this will be. It will not be out 
when people hear this. That's right. But it'll hopefully get them inspired to pre-order or buy it. <laughs> but you're pre-order. You're doing a <laughs> you're doing thing. a you're doing a conference call <laughs> tomorrow. Yes. Well, tomorrow it'll be, in the, be in the past for it'll people to listen past. to this. But yeah. what's the date? Last it would week. be it would be May sixth. Yeah. Uh, and can you tell me uh, how you do a conference call for a record and what will it, what what it will entail? Well, I don't know how you do it because I'm not sure if it's been done before. But basically, we're just setting. We gave out a call in number, just like a regular conference call. Right. And everyone who calls in is going to be on the line with me and Eric and maybe some other people. Right. And we're going to play the album through and we're going to talk about it. Are you going to answer questions? Through Twitter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah. on a, cause, uh, often, I mean, I'm thinking of earnings when a company does earnings. On a conference call, uh, well, at least in an, an earnings call, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Tim Cook or whoever will get, will, will get on and they will um, take questions from analysts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be doing that. That'd be a much shorter call <laughs> if it was the Tanline's earnings call. <laughs> we should let's back up for a second. Let's talk yeah, about Tanlines. Sure. sure. Okay. Tanlines is a, a duo that uh, they produce their own music. They 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 uh, record their own music. Uh, they obviously play live. Uh, and the genre of of music, if you haven't heard Tanlines, what would you say that? How would you describe your genre of music? I was really looking forward to you describing it. I would say it's well. I think there's. A, I think. You know, you have a, a new record coming out, which I've heard, uh, and not everybody's heard. There's a couple of songs that are out from it. Um, uh, I mean, I think that you make modern pop music. That's I think, good. I think that's how I would describe it. That's I think good. if I think of the bands I, that make modern pop music, you know, Vampire Weekend might be an example. I'm not saying that you sound like them. I think there's some this commonality between the two, but not really a same the same vibe. But Tanlines makes modern pop music for a discerning listener. I'll take it. I was hoping you were going to say electronica. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not like It's really like pounding EDM. Electronica think, is going to come back. I think, I think it's, it's coming back. back. When I, I think like of uh, you know, it's like Swedish house mafia, Tiesto, mm-hmm. and Tanlines in the body of two thirty-something Jewish men. <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of which, apparently yeah. David Guetta is Jewish. Really? Father, is that how you father. say his name? Father. Oh, his father. <laughs> oh, his father. Well, okay. you know, the important thing, listen, I'm not, I don't see uh, religion or race, okay? I'm, I'm colorblind and also religion blind, which is not a thing. <laughs> but uh, Can't see it. So Tanlines is a band uh, uh, that formed in what year was it? 2008, in your old studio. In our old studio, yeah. in, in the Brothers studio. That's right. Sorry. In Brooklyn, Greenpoint, mm-hmm. uh, New York City. Clay Street. Clay Street. That's uh, where I met you, Josh. That's right. That's where we met. Uh, recording. Well, we were recording. Uh, how, when did we meet? We met from we what meet? I remember, walking in to uh, record Professor Murder, my old band's EP. The same day I met Eric. Also, okay, that was the first time we met. We yeah. had not met pre- mm. previous to that. I don't think so. No. I think those. Pe- I think you guys came over to meet and talk about before we started. Yeah, yeah. and that was so. Jesse, you all sit down and meet. Make sure that the vibes yeah, are right. check out the vibe. <laughs> So so let's back up. Let's really back up. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. Before I was a journalist and uh, bon vivant, uh, I was a uh, I had a studio. My brother and I had a studio in Brooklyn called Brother Studio. What? Yeah. <laughs> and we recorded bands it's all there. True. We recorded bands. We built it and we recorded bands there. And one of the uh, not one of the earliest first bands we worked with was Professor Murder, which is Jesse's old band. That's right. Um, uh, and and we made an EP. Professor Murder Rides the Subway. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it had some great art and some great songs on it. And we spent a long time working on it and just having a great How time How long together. had the studio existed when that happened? <sighs> I don't know. I think that we did that in uh, 2005. Yeah. Some, Ju- June? Sounds Was it the summer? Yeah, something like it that. It was the summer? Yeah. That's... We opened up shop in uh, January. I think we started working on the studio. We started building it in October of 2004. Three or four. Right around my birthday. Actually... Uh, yeah, I have photos from the night, from the day that we started we doing construction. Yeah, it was October. It was like October nineteenth. I think. Did you guys build it, it yourselves? Did you do the work? You built the live room. Do you yourself? know this? I want to hear about it. It's, Are you I've prompting all, us? I've, I've always. It's hard for me to imagine. He you can't guys remember. Doing He's the, heard the physical. We built. We had a friend of ours, uh, Alex. Yep. Uh, who was who did construction and we said he was we a wa- carpenter he was a carpenter uh, and, yeah. and he knew how to build things and we said we yeah, have the space studios. that we want to build a studio in we want to build a floating room now i don't know uh, people listening may not know this but when you build a live room mm-hmm. uh and you have you you're gonna have a control room and in fact we're sitting in a essentially in a live room now and there's a control room on the other side but you want to essentially create like an air gap that room is should be floating if at all possible mm-hmm. typically you want to build it on concrete and then you float it on rubber and you build a room inside of a room mm-hmm. so we build a room inside of a room we couldn't we couldn't pour concrete because it was an old wood building. But we f- we floated the room on a bunch of pucks, neoprene, neoprene pucks. How did you know how to do that? We did. I don't know how. There was no internet back then, so I don't know how we figured it. Out. <laughs> There's no way to research any of this. It was all books. We went to the library. We took out a huge stack of books on carpentry and building ac- acoustic spaces. Yeah. Uh, no, so I don't know how we knew. Actually, Eric did a lot of research on this, and Alex may have known. I think he worked on a Alex studio. Bu- Alex built uh, another studio. That's right, and so he, he had some, he had yeah. So he had some knowledge, and we went and did this thing. So we started building, but then and at it, some yeah. point in the project. Alex left, I think, during the drywalling. So let me explain the room. <laughs> the room was floating. It was in a... How big was the space? Maybe 400 square, 300 square uh, feet? Three, yeah. Three, three or 400. Good room. It was a so, great room. So the yeah. whole room was built, set off of the walls, set off of the floor on the pucks, and set off of the ceiling. So the it wasn't a box inside of a box, right? And uh, in addition to being a room inside of a room, we had to build double... We did double drywall on the outside walls and double drywall on the ceiling mm-hmm. to create more sound insulation and f- more air gaps, air, I think, mm-hmm. airspace air between space. the drywall pieces. Anyhow, Alex left somewhere around drywall, and Eric and I are two, let's just say we're two guys but, from a family, I wouldn't say our family is known for I don't know. This is why nah, I asked the question. We're pretty, yeah. <laughs> I think both of us are pretty good at you're, you're physically work. dexterous, I would say. I, but I, I think we're both. We, we are sort of have a can-do, get-it-done attitude. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's true. But one thing I'll say is, I'm like I can say I'm very technically minded and very. Uh, I'm good at sort of the idea of a complex system or whatever. Uh-huh. But what I found with construction is that I'm very easily frustrated and impatient. And 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 good construction, I think Eric will agree with this, requires patience. And and a kind of like rigor that neither one of us, I think, are particularly suited to. Anyhow, the long and short of it is that I remember a day very vividly. It was near the end of it when Eric and I were drywalling the ceiling. <laughs> we had a device that you would crank and it, would, uh, it yeah. would lift drywall up to the ceiling, uh, and then you'd get the drywall up there, and you'd have to screw in the drywall, <laughs> yeah. you know, with a drill, and there'd be drywall dust in your eyes, like falling down on you. <laughs> 
And and it was like late at night. It was like ten or eleven at night. We've been working right. all day on the studio. We were spending money on it with no money coming in, obviously, because oh, yeah, we had, Professor yeah. Murder hadn't arrived. We, yet. we were we were maxing out every credit card yeah. that we had. Mm-hmm. And and you know, you're the, the worst thing about drywall is the is the is the mudding. The mudding, mudding of, and taping. Mudding yeah. and taping. That's where the you worst. put mud, you put tape on the drywall and then you mud it and then you kind it, of like there's a real art to it. No, no, it's 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 truly um, it is I learned. And you, you put the mud on, you put the tape yeah. on, and then you w- let it dry, and then you have to sand it down and there's dust everywhere. Yeah. Anyhow, I just remember us having a huge screaming argument where I was like <laughs> I was like in tears or near tears. Like this is never gonna end. We're never going to finish this. Uh, and and you know, anyhow, we did finish it. Hey, look how it turned out. Yeah. <laughs> now I work at Bloomberg and you guys have a band. That's right. It does not work in that studio it was meant anymore. To be. Both careers were birthed from that same it's true. studio. It's true. Um, oh, we learned a lot there. No, but then Professor Murder came in and it made it all worth it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so anyhow, you guys came in to record yeah. and that's the start of a, of a friendship, a long friendship. That's, that's right. Coming and, up on 10 years. I guess so. And yeah. at some point I started to move off of music to start writing. Yep. And and Eric was basically it was his studio at that point. Let me describe the scene in the studio in the, in the <laughs> days before while you were still there though for the listener. Josh worked the computer pretty much. Josh was in front of the computer, and Eric sat in a brown desk chair, like a nineteen seventies desk chair, alongside the computer, sitting. And he would lean back. Sometimes he'd have a guitar in his hand, a phone, uh, you know, a, a cup of coffee in his hand. And he was like the vibes guy. You were like the executor, and he was the vibes guy. And also, if you needed him to like set up a mic, Eric would run into the studio and pass. He was the, mic. the master of miking. Yeah, he was very I, good. At I, I can mic anything. <laughs> Incredible talent. It is a talent. You know, he'd get a great sound with a mic. That's right. Anyhow, go on. And so that was that was the partnership. So when you left the studio, when you decided you didn't want to do it anymore, yeah. Eric had to transition to being the guy in front of the computer. Yeah. And I sort of came in as the guy. You're the vibe guy. Became. Alongside the computer. Well, I think it, the transition made a lot of sense. Uh, I, I remember. It us, was. I, I, correct painful. me if I'm wrong. Smooth. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did Eric and I argue a lot? What do you think the answer to that question? Is? I mean, I can't really remember. I, in my, I do remember one time. Take a guess during, what the I remember one. I don't remember who it was Dutch X or the EP. We had to leave the room to go discuss whatever we were arguing about. We were like, these guys are paying to come in here. We can't, we can't be arguing like this in front of them. Something like that. Yeah, no, I we do remember pros. having a thought, though. We were all proud. You guys would know. talk shit about other bands that you were working with. And I remember talking to my oh, band. Get, and we never did that. I don't you, believe we ever and, did that. And then it, my band was like, I wonder if they talk the same way about us. I don't, I don't think we, we, no, I don't we, think we, we did. We would say the same yeah. thing that we said then. I think we were transparent. Nah, you guys are cool. I, I do. I, well, I remember another. <laughs> Professor Burger, we never said anything badly. No, we never talked badly about There Professor was a Murder. low moment in the Professor Murder Brothers relationship where I think you guys spent all night doing like an edit for us because we couldn't quite unlock the magic of the song Dutch Hex. And you guys did, do you know, remember this? Vaguely. You guys like spent all night working on this edit for us. And then you sent it to us and we just listened to it once. We're like, yeah, this is totally wrong. Yeah. And I think, wow. Yeah. I don't even remember that. Can I, let's talk about it. First off, I. I, Hey, let's fast forward. No, but I just want to (laughs) say, undoubtedly, this is from people who don't care about music and don't know 
what we're talking about. This must be very boring. Yeah. And for I apologize to you if you're not enjoying it. But you know, on the other hand, it's a free podcast, so you don't you could turn it off whenever <laughs> you want. Um, what I think is actually interesting in talking about this this conversation where we had and this you know we stayed up all night and mm-hmm. all of the pain of all of all, because because. You know, you think like making music is fun and it would be so awesome if you're in a band or you're a music producer, you sit around all day making beats or whatever. Mm. But the strangest thing in the world, and I used to think about it all the time, and I still think about it from time to time, is the idea that you would sit in a room with, you know, what was it, six total people. Yeah. Right? It, was, it was us plus Professor Murders, four yeah. guys. Mm. And and we would like belabor like a, the sound, like the snare sound yeah. on a drum mix. Yeah. We'd be sitting there, I mean, literally for hours sometimes. Yeah. Going like the snare, it needs to sound more like has more punch and like a little more bottom. And I would go and I remember just sitting there for hours, kind of trying to mix and tweak and compress this and put like distortion on that. And you would actually get down to these extremely granular the kick is doing this and the snare is doing this and the hi hat's doing this. And it's such a strange when you look back on it or when you just think about it generally that, that anybody sits in a room anywhere ever and, and just obsesses over how some thing like a guitar seems like the most pure instrument in the world like you strum it you play a chord on it you hear the chord the chord is discordant or not Mm -hmm. you know but to make music is you have to think a ridiculous amount and critically about things that are insanely granular but but i think it speaks to the fact that you built that studio at a time in music and technology when options like that became available Mm -hmm. to Many, many people. It didn't used to be like that, you know? Right. It, now you would have, you had four tracks. Yeah. You had one compressor. Yeah. You were going to get what you're going to mm-hmm. get. They stick a mic somewhere. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And our music, our band is a product of that transitionary time in music production. And how much do you think, um, how much of your process is plagued by options? I mean, how much is... We try to make it now less and less, you know, be, for to the reason you can just get completely stuck in like those granular decisions that I don't, well, I think we've learned through doing this that those decisions actually don't make a big difference at all. I mean, the, 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 it's like the tyranny of choice, right? I mean that you can't actually get to the end point. Because... This is one way we're different. He's Eric's much more detail oriented than I am. So, but I, is, I do... that, is that true? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I, <laughs> Everything's in the details for me. They do add up to something important. That's the idea. Yeah. But I think that if you were to ask me, I don't, I don't want to speak for Eric, but okay. I think <laughs> but I think that uh, you know, the 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 best moments that we've had in doing music, you know, don't have very they have very little to do with those decisions. Right. And I for me it was all about production. I was obsessed with the idea of production. In fact, when I look at my music, the music I made and the stuff that I was really interested in, it really is an obsession with like the process of creating something and stacking things and not necessarily I mean not that there weren't songs and not that I didn't appreciate songs and I still do obviously, but I I'm interested in the process mm-hmm. of making a thing. Mm-hmm. Not so much the. I mean, I am interested in the end result, obviously, but it's the, it's in that work that I find the most pleasure. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about you, when you guys first started playing music together growing up. Yeah, Eric and I. What was yeah. that? I was just. Um, what was I recalling this recently? I don't we were know. doing something for a bio, and we used to play in the basement. Oh, well, yeah. it was when we were writing the thing for Invisible Ways. 
Mm-hmm. I wrote a piece on Medium about yeah. Re- he wrote, we, we recorded yeah. it in your basement. I read it. Well, we, we'll talk, right. we can talk about that in a second. Oh, okay. Um, okay. All right. I mean, we'll get to that. But you asked a question. That's right. Um, Eric got uh, the earliest thing I can think of. So first, of the earliest thing I can think of is that my my uncle Jeff was very musical, and and at my grandfather's house he had a drum set, a Ludwig jazz kit set up. In sparkling, the color is sparkling pink champagne, which we still have, mm-hmm. and they sound brilliant. And in fact, I may be on the Professor Murder record. I've never so. seen the kid. I don't think yes, you we have. keep it out of. You've seen it. Yeah, I don't think so. It's been, you've I've seen, heard you've about def- it a lot. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think he knows. I don't think he has. I don't think I've actually seen it. I know about it, but okay, that's surprising yeah. to me because okay. I thought it was out. Well, At any rate, okay. my uncle Jeff had a kit, a Ludwig kit. There was a piano, a baby grand piano at my grandfather's house, and. Uh, vi- when we were very young, we used to bang on the drums if given an opportunity or play the piano, just f- messing around because we were kids. Um, at some point, Eric decided he wanted to play guitar and and electric guitar. Two, on two occasions, I decided I wanted to play guitar. The, but the earliest part I remember is my father took us to a pawn shop in the north side in Pittsburgh. Correct me if I'm wrong. Feel free to correct I me. I will. Uh, and 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 because Eric said he wanted to play guitar, and of course, if Eric wanted to play guitar, I wanted to play guitar. Uh, I think I was eleven. Yeah, and he took us to a pawn shop that where they sold like cheap, like Chinese, you know, knockoff strats. Yeah, and he bought us both. He knew the guy. Yeah, he knew the guy. Um, and they, yeah. he bought us. Eric got. A I think he tur- went to like high school with the, the Eric guy got, that owned the pawn shop. Eric got like a hot pink, like a Miami Vice hot pink. Yeah, knockoff strat. Court. I, Court was the brand. Court. And I got a turquoise blue, Miami Vice turquoise blue. <laughs> yeah. Can, blue. Do you still, you don't have either of those guitars, do you? Unfortunately, no. No, that's a shame because I bet they sound great. <laughs> uh, but, but I never learned, I didn't learn to play guitar at all until much later in life. I never my... learned on that guitar either. We had them and we played around with them. But I remember what happened when, when, when we got those guitars. We were, I said, I wanted a guitar. And they said, well, we'll get you one, but you have to take lessons. Yeah. And I said, uh, oh, sure, of course, I'll take lessons, anything for an electric guitar. And, uh, you know, they found a guitar teacher who was, you know, an 80-year-old guy, and he tried to teach me how to read, and I didn't want to learn how to read. <laughs> I just wanted to learn how to you play. Want to rock. You want to learn <laughs> you how to rock. Anyone, songs. You didn't see, any, see yeah. anyone yeah. reading. Yeah. Nah, I didn't yeah. want to So after one lesson, I gave it up, and the guitars, that I just I think I walked away from it. Yeah. <laughs> But, but but you picked it back up. I, but I, then a couple years later, I wanted to play acoustic guitar. I got into acoustic guitar somehow. I think REM might have been involved. I was into REM and like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, soft. So did you want an acoustic guitar? No. no uh, actually, was, what happened was around uh, after the the whole. I beg. I was be- always begging to. I wanted to play the drums. That's what I wanted to play. And I would always bang on the drums at my grandfather's house, and people would get very mad. Why did your grandfather have drums? They were my uncle Jeff's drums, and they uh, were set up in in his. They were sort of on display in a, yeah. a bedroom upstairs. That's right. Okay, across from the bedroom. It was they were more decorative. Yeah. Right. Um. And and I begged my parents. I was like, please, can we take these drums? Can we take them to Pittsburgh because I want to play. Yeah, and them. he wouldn't let us. Take he the wouldn't drums. let us. But right. but, they, but he but let that's... us take the snare. And and the and the agreement was we could take the snare if I <laughs> took drum lessons. Same, yeah. and so deal. I took two drum lessons or mm-hmm. three drum lessons, mm-hmm. and I obviously showed a natural talent for it. Mm. Uh, the, to the point where he didn't need lessons anymore. The instructor was so impressed; he said, "You don't need me. There's nothing I can teach you that you don't already know." He's exact. He words. had him like it's playing just like on pads. He had me playing on pads. That's right. Yeah, that's I, not playing drums. No. Anyhow, at some point, I swindled everybody into getting the drums there, and and then and then Eric got a guitar. It was around the same time Eric got a guitar teacher that he actually liked. 
who yeah. was a, who was a cool dude. With Marty Rydell. Marty Rydell, who had a mullet, if I recall. I can't tell if this is the worst podcast I've ever done or not. By the way, I just uh, want to say because why would you put that out into the just, world? That's because I'm a trans. I'm into transparency. So am I. Me too. Okay. Me well, too. Apparently not. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is good or not, but I'm enjoying it. That's what I want to say. Then it's probably good. Well, you if you say do. so. All right. Anyhow, you'll edit that out, right, Magnus? Great. That's the best part. Okay, good stuff. <laughs> um, so, so, but yeah, Marty Rydell, and then you got like a CZ five thousand, which I think you guys still have in the studio. Uh, yeah, a Casio, because Marty Rydell was not only a guitar teacher, but he wanted you to get some like drum machines. Uh, Wasn't he responsible was for it? Nah, really? No, he told me he, he had a drum machine. Yeah. He sold me. I was interested oh, that's in right. drum machines. Oh, that's right. You, and I said, yeah, I really want to get a drum machine. He's like, oh, I got one. I, I'll tell you. I don't want to use it? it. Do you remember the model number? Uh, Yamaha RX-7. Was it the RX-7? Class? Yeah. The RX-7, which was used on an, a record that changed Eric's life. Uh, which is the Michael Penn first Michael Penn album? I don't know if that was used on that <laughs> yes, album, but I remember I think thinking that the sounds. This. I remember thinking that the sounds were similar, and no, they're, I, they're identical. I, I told think. myself they were, but I think he didn't. Did you? I, you, I and think, you bought I the know. Yamaha RX Seven. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like two hundred bucks. Yeah, from which is a lot of money yeah. in the eighties. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess so. late eighties, maybe. Yeah, I don't the know. late eighties. Did you guys remember. have a band ever? We had, we had a with sessions. We had, well, well, I mean, for, for a long time, we just like made noise in the basement. And then Eric, being uh, older and a teenager, graduated to hanging out with real people, not his brother. Um, and so he went off and actually started. But weren't you in, uh, what was that band we had? Vehicle Flips? Oh, oh no, no, no. Wow, we had a band with some later. of our some of our friends from the suburbs. I used to play with those guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, played a, we played a battle of the bands in Mount Lebanon. But before <laughs> that, before that, just the two of us. And that's what I was thinking about when we wrote this piece. Jesse wrote. Yeah. No, we used to play in the basement. In the we basement, to, we used to play a couple songs. We actually we, wrote we wrote a bunch of metal the songs. Metal song, right. right. Stalker. 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 That's uh, what it was. 666. 666, the beast inside, inside of me. Of me. Right. right. <laughs> that, uh, there were some others that we did. I don't remember. Those, I don't, we that was what like, I was thinking but of. But we were doing no. like, a, it was weird because we were, I was pretty young. I don't know how much you knew about metal, but we were doing like kind of sludge, sludgy metal stuff that was all about like suicide and Satan. It, it was, was a, Pretty yeah. heavy. I saw some of your paintings too. Yeah, they were pretty dark. Yeah, they were. I was a pretty dark. St- I was <laughs> yeah. a pretty messed up kid. And uh, anger is an energy. That's true. That's a line from a PIL song. <laughs> PIL's Public Image Limited, which is a John Lydon, John Johnny Rotten's band post Sex Pistols. For those who don't know, yeah, and it's an amazing band, and they're actually they they really changed the face of music in many ways. But major influence on our have, youth. We don't have to go into that. Yeah, but, let's not. Yeah. At any rate, um, I feel like we should take a break, and then we'll we'll come back and. Talk more about whatever it is we're talking about. Okay. You know the feeling you get when you can get things done with just the click of your mouse? It can't get more convenient than that. I mean, unless you psychically just make things happen, which I think is probably a far-off technology. Uh, but now you can get your mailing and shipping done without leaving your desk thanks to Stamps.com. Stamps.com turns your PC or Mac into your own personal post office that never closes. It's very convenient. You can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package using your computer and printer. Then you just hand your mail to the mailman and drop it in the mailbox, and you'll never have to go to the post office again. Uh, you know, my producer, Magnus, uh, he told me he signed up for Stamps.com. He, he, was, he couldn't take going to the post office anymore. I mean, I think he's very lazy, but, you know, it doesn't matter what your reason is. Uh, he signed up for it. He loves it. He's been, frankly, it's annoying how much he talks about it. Um, And you can sign up 
right now as well. Use my name, Joshua, for a special offer. It's a no-risk trial, and you get a $110 bonus offer, which is a, includes a digital scale that calculates exact postage for letters and packages and up to $55 of free postage. So don't wait. Go to stamps.com, and before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Joshua. That's stamps.com, and enter Joshua. I mentioned Squarespace at the top of the show, and I just want to talk about them again. It's a great service if you're building a website, if you are uh, maybe, like me, not totally literate in in the creation of web destinations. Uh, I know a lot about building websites. I don't know how to physically build the websites. Uh, and, and Squarespace is great for that. It's, it's simple. It's powerful. It's beautiful. Uh, it's got responsive design, which is I think a must-have now. Your website will look good on a, any mobile device, on a tablet, on desktop. Commerce is included. Every website comes with a free online store. And they have 24-7 support via live chat and email. But not telephone support. So please don't call them if you can find the number, which I don't think exists. Anyhow, you can start a trial with no credit card right now and start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code Joshua to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for this podcast. Thanks, Squarespace, for your support of tomorrow. Squarespace, build a beautiful Okay, we're back with Tan Lines. Yeah. Otherwise known as Jesse Cohen and Eric M. That's right. Why? Now, can I ask you something? Can you tell the listener why your 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 stage name, your last name is not Topolsky? Yeah. Um, when I was like 19, and I and at that point knew I, I was going to be a performer of some kind, music or otherwise, I just knew Topolsky wasn't going to fly. You can't spell it. Can't pronounce it. <laughs> it's true. Topolovsky. I did Topolovsky. People, want, people love to add an extra O in the name. Yeah. I remember as even a kid sort of dreaming and thinking about what my name would be if I became an actor or a Did you have a name? Performer. In, did you have a name in mind when you were a kid? I think I had a lot of names. I don't remember. But... uh <laughs> Well, for whatever reason, I thought I thought spelling out my middle initial was a really clever idea. Uh, yeah, it's, not, it's not bad. You know, I, I did the same I, thing. You know, I, it seemed cool, but it was only once so I heard uh, it repeated back to me by uh, like a guy at Guitar Center. It's like, thanks, Mister M. Thanks for sh- thanks for jumping with us. And that was it. I was like, oh, that sounds stupid. Uh, <laughs> I well, I did the same thing. I, I mean, I, I I got rid of my. I just used my first and middle name when I DJed. That's a classic Jewish. Move. I couldn't do that. You know, my middle name is so boring. It's true. I mean, the famous like my name is Jesse Aaron Cohen. I would be Jesse Aaron's. Yeah, that's a, good. It's a it's a it's a it's a. I famous mean, it was move. it was impossible to to get anybody to spell it or even try to get anybody to spell the last name. Uh, you it's know. a tough name. Do you have a trick like? P as in yeah, P as, as in Paul, T as in Tom, T as in Tom, O P as in Paul, O L S K Y. But you know how my mother always spelled it. Yeah. One, one thing I'll say is I remember reclaiming my my actual name when I started writing. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember the conversation about that. Yeah. What was that decision? Well, it was. It was. I, I think it was. Some of it was born out of guilt uh, about you know my parents and the family name and not really owning it. Really. And yeah, I think it was just a. It was just like. It just made sense to use my full name. It just felt right. Do you ever regret it? 
Uh, no, and people have gotten better at spelling it. I think thanks to the internet. Yeah, you you probably have thousands of bylines with it on there. That's right. Yeah. Now people will use Josh instead of Joshua. You've really paved the way for Topolsky's. You like (laughs) Joshua or Josh? Well, my byline, I prefer my byline to be Joshua, but in conversation, Josh is obviously much more conversational. Yeah. I mean, it's much, it's much easier and less formal. Oh, that's a great question. It's a good question. Magnus has great just question. asked if, if, because we're all Jewish, well, we were all yeah. raised Jewish. I consider myself an atheist. Um, that's cool. It is cool. Those things aren't mutually exclusive. I mean, I'm I'm culturally Jewish, right? Socially Jewish, right? In that, like, I've got I understand the sort of Jewish, the East Coast Jewish Correct. condition, right? And I feel like I'm I have a lot of which the kind of idiosyncrasies. Often includes atheism, right? Which so <laughs> atheism is sort of right a key component. To Everything you just said is part of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but uh, but Magnus's question was: Do we feel as performers? Uh, that we had to hide our Jewishness or um, that it was an issue like, like people did in the forties. Well, you're the ones who changed your names. I use Jesse Cohen. So yeah, he's, he's, of course Cohen is the most common and easiest to pronounce and understand and spell. Yeah. Jewish surname that exists. There's no mistake. I I mean, the thing about Topolsky is, you know, it doesn't just sound Jewish necessarily. No, it sounds ethnic. And that's actually, Eric Eric is really responsible for Zelda's name, my daughter Zelda. Uh, I mean, he's responsible for the the impulse, because we had names that we were playing around with. We were trying to figure out what we were going to call her. And Eric said, with a last name like Topolsky, you got to go big. Yeah. And so we started thinking about names that were outside of, you know, we weren't going to make up a name. We weren't going to, we weren't going to call her Daenerys or whatever. Um, which apparently is Khaleesi is a very popular name now for Trump. really yeah Khaleesi is like in the wow. top ten in the UK last year or something. That's, wow, it's disturbing. I, I, I know. for the future. I know. Um, anyhow, but 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 that's when we started thinking like let's expand our search. Let's go a little bit larger, and then we we stumbled upon Zelda and it hit every possible. But I don't think I don't think any I don't think we tried to hide our Jewishness. But I think mainly it was in a matter of convenience changing our last names when we were performing. You also want to have a cool name, yeah. So you guys have a new record coming out. What's it called? Highlights. Did you uh, labor over the naming of this? I heard some early. <laughs> I heard some early names for this record. Oh yeah. Do you I, remember any of them? Yes. <laughs> let's let's hear it. There was a, a record name that Eric had run by me before you chose the name. Okay. That I thought was one of the best titles for an album ever, and you didn't use it, and I'm pretty disappointed. Okay. It was Phantom of the Beach. Phantom of the Beach. Should I, you should go on to put that out there because you may use I, it. We had so many lists. We'll never use that. No. <laughs> Phantom of the Beach to me evokes everything about tan lines that I think you need to know. Yeah, it's the dark side of the light side. Kind of. Yeah. It'd be like a good last song on our last album. I would love to. <laughs> it's a good description of, yeah, the last song. I also, it's like the idea of, of, uh, like a Phantom of the Opera character, but at the beach. Yeah, that funny. was the idea. Right. But yeah. it can be taken many ways. He has like, the mask, but he's wearing like a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, see, see, I'm picturing him <laughs> as being wearing the whole outfit, but he's at the beach, which okay. I think would be very uncomfortable. Yeah. You know? Imagine, yeah. yeah. It's like in addition to be having to haunt people. I almost made a joke about his tan lines from the mask. <laughs> <That's> the mask. <laughs> well, obviously, that would be the big reveal yeah. is that he wasn't disfigured. He just only one part of his face was tan. That's right. Yeah. So you went yeah. with highlights, which is a fine, it's a fine name. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I mean, I can't nitpick highlights, but good. Um, so, so, so tell me about, so, so 
tell me a little bit about this record, the creation of this record. You guys, we already talked about it, but you, some of it you wrote and a little bit of it you recorded in Pittsburgh. That's correct. In my, yeah. par- in my parents' basement. We moved everything to your basement. Your parents were out of town. Yeah, they were in, my, they were in Florida. Right. Yeah. And uh, we set up in the basement. It took like a full day to get set up down there. We, also. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. And then- You're probably taking your time though. Well, you know uh, me. Yeah, it takes him a long time to do most things. It's true. It's, yeah, you know, he's taking his time. Are get, you, get are you the, the same way? No. Are you joking? I'm just talking. Is that, I'm the, the exact opposite. How so? <laughs> I feel like you're setting me up here in some way. I'm, I'm just asking. How I'm, I, I'm like in a hurry about everything. Everything is like I can't do it fast enough, and I'm constantly trying to. Also, I have terrible ADD, so I'm, I get distracted very easily. But I get distracted quickly as well. Hmm. So that's Eric. Eric is. I'm think, not sure what I have. I think you. You also have ADD. <laughs> I would imagine, but maybe. But you. But you. You're much. You're much more. Uh, uh, you're just much more chill. You eat slower. You mm. know, you're slower to. If I, we have a, if we, you know, have to meet somewhere, you may be a little bit. I'm late. always late. Late. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I'm early or anything. I'm late too. That's a family problem. That's a Topolsky family problem. Really? Yeah. We're we're notoriously late as a as a clan. Really? Mm. Your parents do? I don't know oh, yes. if that's yes. true. Oh, why, really? do you think, why do you think why that is? Think really, you have true. no recollection of always being late when we were going to events as a family? I guess I blocked it out. It's a fact. What do you think the source of that is? Uh, well, I for me, for me, I feel like there's... Uh, my. I don't know about my my familial lateness, how that... You know, the, the family lateness, I don't know where that comes from. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm sure it has its roots in our motherland. But uh, maybe for me, I feel like I'm taking control. I have the subconscious like where I'm trying to take control of my schedule by owning, you know, if I'm a little bit late, I think subconsciously I feel like I'm more in control of because my I have such a regimented and structured schedule now. I have so many meetings and things to do and. Uh-huh. This is to your point. <laughs> Jesse said. Jesse said before we did the podcast that he uh-huh. that he thought that the podcast was mainly about how busy I am. Yeah, that I talk a lot about it. Yeah, and then I, I went down to just say it was only fifty percent about that. I don't remember that part, but it made me, now it's made me very self conscious. But <laughs> so I can't talk about what I want to talk about, which is I just feel like I'll be, sometimes I'm late because subconsciously I'm trying to like regain control over my. It was a power move. Yeah, but it's like a self defeating power move. Hmm. I'm trying to regain control over my. My personage, hmm. my personhood. Interesting. This is just a theory. Oh, it's a th- yeah. It's everything's just a theory. I don't mm-hmm. know what you think about it. Like, so your like climate change. So your ADD. I don't think you're ADD, Eric. I wish I was. No, I don't think you do. It's not good. It's a great thing to blame stuff on. <laughs> I'm sure you can find <laughs> some shortage I'm of so, this. I'm so yeah. ADD. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm OCD. Oh. I think. Are you? I'm I think so that could be. OCD. No, I think that could. Be, I think it could be ADD and OCD. Yeah, I think that could be the. It's yeah. possible. I think we can. We, there's no. You can't disagree that there's. We both have problems. We're both troubled. No question about yeah. that. We're troubled people, yet highly functional. High, high functioning, mm. high yeah. functioning, troubled people. You know, but that's the best. I think that's the best. All of the best people are high functioning. And very. Do troubled. you guys? Do you think that you guys are more similar or more different? I feel like I'm on. I feel like I'm on your podcast now, and I like it. Do you? Hey, I'm enjoying it. You I'd should love go to do on it. his podcast. I'd love to do an we'll episode. Do it. We'll do it. If only there was an invitation. There's been an invitation. That's true. That's true. It's called No Effects with Jesse Cohen. With Jesse Cohen. That's right. You should listen to it because he, he's a wonderful. He's a wonderful man who gets wonderful guests. Thank you. Uh, 
anyhow, you can get a little taste of it right now. It's like a preview. It's like when you get Showtime for the weekend. That's right. That's what you're getting yeah, right now. That's right. <laughs> anyhow, are we more alike or more, what was the question? More different. Mm. I think we're more alike. At our root, at our the core of our personalities, I think we're very alike. Mm. And then I think everything, the stuff that's really different is just like... Unfortunately for the, the for those closest to us, yes, this is probably true. Yeah. I think we're similarly vexing. Hmm. Hmm. What I do you think? It. You know both of us. I think you guys have the same um, vex, uh, your word vexing, sometimes vexing, sometimes endearing combination of characteristics. I think that they're just slightly shuffled in various places. Can you give us some examples? Um, I think you guys both have a combination of uh, ego and self-doubt or loathing that from the casual observer would seem to be things that wouldn't coexist, but they somehow do coexist in both of you. It's true. Yeah. It yeah. is. It is. That's a, that's a really great, really astute observation. Mm. Uh, I do think uh, our particular damage, one of our particular damages is that we are like really, we really, really are down on ourselves. And then we really think we're the greatest thing ever. Yeah, at, no. At, at, I, e, in equal parts. Yes. Which is a, a highly combative set of, emotions vexing vexing yeah and and creates very difficult situations i don't know where it comes from yeah i think our parents i don't see it our parents i don't see it so much in them i think no i think our parents i mean i who are wonderful and insane people but uh you know that of course they are but i think they they did a lot of um you know kind of giving us enormous amounts of credit and a sense that we are you know great and capable of anything and smart and funny and all the things that you know we may think we are and perhaps we encouragement. are encouragement but then i think they also were like you're constantly getting scammed by your friends and you're you know yeah fear you know, like fear a lot of paranoia fear, a lot of fear like you know you're getting scammed by your friends or like you know you're not you're you, it was like i mean just i can't describe it and they're probably listening to this because i know my mother has she texted me a picture of her listening to the podcast so, <laughs> so this is gonna end this will end badly i can't uh, imagine them not listening to yeah. this but you know but like for instance i'll give you an example you know i go on the tonight show yeah uh and often you know my parents are very excited they'll email around you know oh josh is gonna be on everybody will get these blasts from my mother yeah. josh is gonna be on the tonight show but then when i'm on you know some they'll like after the show I'll talk to them and they'll say things like, well, your beard's getting pretty long. Yeah. That's... Or, or it, was, it was a story with that tie. That's my dad. You know, yeah. was, what's going on with that tie? Yeah. Or something like that. My mother's the same way. Where it's like, she where it's slouched like, too much on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's like critical about the kinds of things yeah. that you're most worried about. Like, did I look stupid? Did I say something stupid? Yeah. You know, I think they mean, it's well-meaning, but it makes you feel, you know, yeah. you start to doubt. Yeah. But the, but the fear and paranoia stuff. Yeah. Talk about that. Your friends I don't think are... I have. I think I have a lot of. I ju- you know. I think we do something, and I don't know if Eric does it, but I jump to the most ridiculous scenario in a situation where yes. things may go bad. I jump to not like the, uh, you know, oh, this could be a little bit bad, or I'll have to do you know, you no know, gray. It's it's the, extreme. The, you go right to the. I go right to the. Um, you know, I see it. it uh, sometimes I'll just jump to a completely crazy situation, uh-huh. like, oh, I've been I've been poisoned with anthrax. Yes, like like yeah. like. I get a letter from a I get a letter that I don't recognize where it's from and I immediately think there's going to be anthrax in this or something like that you know which is a completely insane that might be a, a product of our modern our modern world but uh for me a lot of it is about suppressing the crazy paranoid thoughts 
and recognizing that they are not possibly real. Uh Um, But I don't think I'm actually negative or I don't find that stuff daunting. I just kind of plow through things. Yeah, I I think that that's that's true. Yeah, you have a uh, you have you seem to have a um, eye on the prize sort of. You, when you want something, you seem to just grab it. I, I think that I think of all of the really most terrible things you can imagine in any situation, but I ultimately am a very optimistic person. And I think anything that anything you're going to do or want to do or can do is possible. You have I, an immense amount of willpower as well. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but... You know, watching you leave the studio and start writing for Engadget and how the way that you pushed your way into that career really yeah, yeah. i mean there was a period where you you josh was living up when tanline started josh lived above the studio and was writing for engadget and he heard us work on our whole first album through the floor that's right yeah Man, i mean we heard i mean laura and i heard <laughs> those songs mainly the bass the base of those songs yeah more than anybody except for you guys absolutely just over and over again yeah and i was of course working at home all day laura i think had a job in the city at that point yeah and so it was just uh yeah that must have been torture you're pretty cool about it yeah you never complain no i'm not like i don't hear a crying baby doesn't bother me i don't get i don't get annoyed by like ambient noise i get annoyed by ambient noises that are like the sound of a light buzzing drives me insane so anyhow let's go back to your record you released one record it was actually pretty popular Actually, well, I mean, you know, I don't. I mean, it was. It was actually, a, actually, yeah. So we we get a, a lot of actually's, <laughs> act, you know. Yeah, that's, that, one right. of the most. You know, we're okay. actually yeah. pretty they're, good. They're actually actually pretty good. Okay, I could see how you could take that negatively. Yeah, it's okay. I guess my. I guess what I'm. I guess the way I meant. Here's that how is we that, usually hear actually. No, 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 here, about here, here, let me explain. Let me explain. Right. I mean, I. I think. I heard you work on these songs for a really long time, and you guys were a band for a really long time before yep. you had a record out. Yep. And and of course, I thought the songs were great, and I, I you know love both of you and want both of you to be successful. But before the, I mean, you had a little bit of success with a couple of songs that you did, like you did a, a, an EP, yeah. and some stuff, and you had a couple of you know little pops of success. But it wasn't clear that that Tan Lines was going to end up being songs that people would sing along to if in we a, could in cross a, over in a room the internet a, to real in a life. room of thousands of people or whatever yeah. and and so but then when the record came out it started picking up steam and it became yeah. very popular and i wasn't actually actually wasn't prepared for how popular it got and how popular you guys got yeah. i mean obviously you're not like you know maroon five we're, but yeah we're, the, we're like maybe though like maroon Seven, eight. I feel like you'd go nine. down. Oh, you go down. Like Maroon one. Oh, we're both we're la- Maroon one. <laughs> yeah. Maroon one. I would take that. Yeah. yeah, but 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 you know, I've been to I've been to your shows and actually in several cities. Uh, yeah, and and I've seen rooms of people, like large rooms of people, just singing along to songs that I heard only through the floorboards. Yeah. Of of my old apartment. Yeah, that I thought were just the songs that you were working on that were very essentially very private and small and not owned by anybody but you. And then they became things yeah. that were owned by a lot of people. That's correct. And so I, so the actually is I'm, I was surprised by how much people loved what you were doing. Not because I didn't think it was good, but just because you just don't, ex- you don't expect, you don't expect it. I mean, you, I, you want it. Even That's right. I, I think Eric and I have worked on many things in the past where we put a lot of time and effort and energy into it. And it didn't turn out to be the, the most loved thing in the world. You know, we spent a lot of time with band, with bands and doing our own music separately and together. 
where and this is that you know in the music in the music industry is very it's a very very te- a terrible industry in my opinion it's like one the of the record industry the record industry i mean musicians are wonderful the record industry is terrible and i think it can be very hard on people and, and and it's tough to have success any success so the actually is you found success and that was surprising I mean, particularly because the music is is not like straight s- pop, you know. Speaking of actuallys, though, I, I think it's a much better time to be doing music now than it was ten years ago when when you were when you guys built that studio. Right. I, this is something that comes up on my show a lot. Um, In what way is it better? I think that there's a bigger space for bands like us who, for the Maroon Ones of the world, you know, there's a lot more. There's a, no, it's true. Maroon Mar- is also a really good band name. Yeah, <laughs> there's like I assume it's taken. You, you start a band called Maroon One. Well, Legally. that's why they're five, right? There were already four Maroons. Adam's Maroon One, <laughs> first of all. Uh, but no, I I really believe that like it's the internet. It's the long tail thing. Basically, right. it's like you might have been able to. Uh, sell more records in the late '90s than you do now, but we a band like Tanlands can just reach. The struggle for being a musician is just having people hear your music. Period. Like, and in the late '90s, if you wa- if you were in a non-major label band, if you wanted someone to even hear you or know that you exist, you pretty much had to be a person who shopped at a weird record store, listened to a weird radio station, or w- read a weird magazine. You had to live in a place that had those things. Or had a weird friend. Or had a weird friend. Right. That's like... Who did those things? 25 people in any given Tan lines city. couldn't survive in the 90s. It, would, it just would have been... It's... I don't know. I, well, your music would have seemed really weird. I don't know. You know, maybe we would have been signed to Columbia in the 90s. It's hard to say. Maybe you would have so ended up the, like... Uh, <laughs> what's that? You would have ended up like... Uh, what is that band? You've got the music in you... Don't give up. New Radicals. You've been like a New uh, Radicals yeah. well, kind of. Yeah. My point is today, <laughs> yeah. for people to hear your music, there's just an infinite number more ways to happen. So, But there's a lot more music, too. Yeah, but still. Is this, but you think the stage is bigger then? You think a hundred percent. I mean, but you think that the, the potential for success is larger. Uh, absolutely. I mean, we got paid more to do a show within a year of starting this band than most bands would have ever gotten in the late 90s. Right. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying that... Sounds like a brag, though. No, I'm just saying that it's just like, it's a fact of the matter. It wasn't that much money. It wasn't. It it (laughs) really wasn't. But by comparison. But by comparison. You know, it's like Tamland sold out the empty bottle on our first tour of in 2012, you know, and it was like not a big thing. That's where Don Cab used to play their shows. And they were a really big, successful indie band in those days. Right. We should say that Eric was in... Don Caballero, Caballero, depending on how you pronounce it. Yeah, I don't. I don't pronounce it the first way. I say Caballero, but I say Caballero. Too. Yeah, I think most people do. Yeah, but uh, I just think it's interesting. You know. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, listen. I. I mean, I, I. I look back and I think that did I get out of music at the wrong time? Who knows? You would have <laughs> had to for because you did. You know. Progressive House. Yeah. Well, by the end of it, Eric and I were doing very different stuff, but stuff that never would have flown. I mean, if you heard the music that Eric and I made, you heard the music. Good morning. Good morning. Eric and I had a band called Good Morning, uh, which was like essentially prog rock. I saw you guys play a Good Morning show before I ever met you guys. Really? Yes. And you were like, these guys have something special. Yes. In the basement of Lit. I was like, these guys are super cool, super confident, super like- Are you serious? Yes. 
Absolutely. Can I talk about that? Then I met you. I remember the Lit Show. (laughs) I remember the Lit Show vividly. Here's why. Because I used to have a heart problem called supraventricular tachycardia, which um, is kind of a cool heart problem to have if you're going to have one. But essentially, like a feedback loop, an electrical feedback loop is created in the heart that makes your heart like start beating like crazy fast for a long period of time, like 30 minutes at 200 beats per minute or whatever. It's really terrifying. I don't know if we ever, if I ever had any of my episodes when we were recording, I don't think we did. I don't remember. But I remember that lit show very vividly because we started our set and whatever, for whatever reason, this thing could be triggered randomly. It would be like if you had a lot of caffeine or if you were in a stressful situation or just for no reason at all. And as soon as we started our set, it started. Makes and, sense. It and I and I and I and I actually thought like I was going to pass out while we were playing because our first song I think went through several tempo changes because we were like <laughs> essentially some weird like prog rock and and I was um I was like losing it like it was really hard for me to keep playing and I remember eventually it stopped while I was playing didn't but, show well that's that's you got that's professionalism yeah. the show must go on yeah. you know uh, but I do remember fearing for my life and thinking like this is I'm going to like pass out on stage which is um. Which I don't did, think they actually ha- technically had a stage. No, there. it was like a, it was like a it was like a a, a, a kind of like a land, kind of landing. Yeah. Sometime. Anyhow, mm-hmm. um, so the record comes out May nineteenth, and then you're touring. Yes. How long? Where are you going? How long are you touring for? Uh, an endless tour. No, we're doing like uh, three, four weeks in June, July, in June, July, all around North America. What is a song that changed your life? Uh, the first, as you said that, I didn't even think about it. I'm just coming straight off the dome. It's a good morning song, isn't it? The first thing I thought <laughs> of was um, the uh, David Lee Roth version of Just a Gigolo. <laughs> Why did that change your life? I don't know. I, that was the first thing I thought of. I, I I loved that song. Do you remember the video for that song? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Who it's could a forget? Co- yeah, it's a cover. Yeah. I loved it, and I... Um, I asked, I begged my parents to buy the cassette Crazy from the Heat yeah. for me, and they did. I, I don't know why. It's not reflected in your music that you make at all. No, not at all. But I, it was just very cool. It was one of my earliest memories of like loving a song. But he's a great showman, and you're also a great showman. If you haven't seen Tan Lines Live, by the way, you should know that Jesse, Eric sings, but Jesse does all the talking, essentially. Just like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right, what's the song that changed your and life? His, um, Changed my life. Yeah. Well, uh, the first Don Cab song I heard. Really? Yeah, called Unres- Unresolved Karma. I don't know how or why, but that song, when I heard it and that band became a thing, Is that that on became such, it really did change my life because they were this like hometown band who was making it in a way that nobody else was. It all seemed, the world seemed huge. Huge. What's the word? There was a word there. I don't know what the word is. Possible. Po- everything's yeah. Everything seemed possible. Yeah. It's really interesting. I don't know. Is that, is that the first song? It on, was like, is that the first song on Four Respect? Nah, it's a single. Oh, it was an early. Okay. It's their second single. I, I can think. still remember. The, but I, I mean, the, yeah, that record. And I wasn't even a big fan. But I mean, you know, we talk about changing your life. I mean, that really. It just made me believe more that I could do this thing that I'm still doing. Which you are still doing somehow. It's like 20 years. Just because these guys from my town did it. Right. They, they weren't even popular, though. Interesting. I think it's about the time that... I think I hate to do this, but I think we have to wrap up. Was it too much? Was it too personal? I think some of your listeners would like to hear about your former career. Yeah. Did we talk much about it? I don't remember. Yeah. 
a lot of what you know, I do music is music and stuff. I think this is something about my personality, but I don't have a great memory of having done things. What yeah. do you mean having done things? Well, like this whole thing, I don't have no idea what we just did. I mean, I don't know if at the end of this, this is a great, I, I think at the, when I get, uh, this is actually true with music. I, I remember getting to the end of working on a song. I would always just think, I, I, I don't know anymore what this is like. I can't tell. That, that happens. I can't tell yeah. if this yeah. is good that or bad. Has, that's the process. Does this have value or does it not have value? I, I have no way of judging That's why it. those things that emerge seemingly out of nowhere are so special and they're just done as soon as they're made. Those are the best things. There's also probably songs that you wrote that you listen to and you're like, I have no recollection of doing this yeah. at I, all. I've recently discovered songs I had no recollection of. Yeah. I, I heard them and I, I found some. Yeah, and you go I back found and it. you're like, why didn't I do something with this? This is really good. Yeah, I'm stuff that I... Actually, the interstitial music on this podcast, which is goes in and out of ads, was something I wrote as a ringtone for my phone, you know, like five years ago. And, uh, and now you, that I, you wrote a ringtone for your phone, yeah, because <laughs> that's the kind of thing I would do in my <laughs> yeah. downtime. Remember that's that? right. <laughs> ringtone? <laughs> that's the sort of thing that you would do in the uh, in the two uh, thousands, in the mid two thousands, mid ringtones had a moment. 2000s. Are they still popular? No, no. I ringtones are over. Okay, ringtones yeah. are dead. Anyhow, but I was like, this is pretty interesting. It's weird that I wrote this, and luckily I found a use for it. Yeah. All right, I'm getting, I think I'm getting a signal from Magnus here. Okay. Or he was just moving his right, hand. You think we got... Do we get it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, hey, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. I mean, us. I hopefully this will not be the last time we talk uh, on the podcast. Yeah. So May 19th, highlights. May 19th. Uh, uh, I encourage... Highlights. Now, listen, I've heard it. I've heard it, and it is good. And I think you'd be a fool to not pre-order right now on iTunes. Can you pre-order it? Sure. To pre-order on iTunes, though, admittedly, I think it's weird that anybody pre-orders anything on iTunes because it seems like a weird. It's such a faith-based transaction. Yeah, you know. But if you're going to spend money on music, fandom. No, and and people should spend money on this because it's music. It's it's music coming from a very pure place. Yeah, we're yeah, super honest. A a place of great honesty. Yeah. Okay. Honesty is our greatest. I'm going to leave it there. Okay. Thank you. Thank Thank you you again. Uh, That's the podcast for this week. I'll be back next week, obviously. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best, even though something horrible will befall you in the very near future. (laughs) 